Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into episode 138 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say Podcast is presented, as always, by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations that is on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country, who is on his way currently to Nashville to watch the Kentucky Wildcats take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. So, Sean, how's the road looking? Long. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a long draw from uh, Harrogate, Tennessee. It's actually a shorter draw from Lexington. It's about three and a half uh, from where I live currently, but uh, just uh, almost to Knoxville, so not too much longer. Well, we are we are recording this at 2 p.m., so we're going to – Keep it short and sweet so you guys have enough time to listen to this, but this is going to be a, a regular thing that we're going to try doing, a quick quick pregame, pre, uh, quick postgame. Uh, I think that we've gotten a lot of good feedback with that, just kind of get some quick hitters, and uh, and then we record our typical long kind of in-depth analysis during the week. But we wanted to break down the Vanderbilt Commodores and everything that you need to know about them leading up to tonight's matchup. It's another uh, – it's yet again, Sean, another test on the road. Vandy is not as bad as uh, I think a lot of people are expecting them to be. And as I think even as their record may indicate, they've been keeping it close with a lot of uh, some solid teams in the SEC. So uh, definitely a game to keep a close eye on and, and one that would – you, we're all about talking about resumes and quad one, quad two, quad three, those type of things. Uh, you know, what what type of win would this one be for Kentucky? Should they should they be able to pull it off in Nashville? Well, it, it's currently a quad two. After they lost to South Carolina, they dropped about eight spots in the net. But uh, we obviously know that those those will fluctuate throughout the season. Uh, we'll start looking in mid February, late February, and resume will start to be what it is. Uh, but this is a Vandy team that's nine and five. All five of those losses bar, bar, are, are by an average margin of eight points. So they've lost close games. They've been in a ton of close games. Uh, they just beat Arkansas last week on the road to Arkansas. Scotty Pippen Jr. did not play well in that loss to South Carolina. He had 15 points in the second half, but he was four of 11 from the field, nine of 10 from the free throw line. So did not play well. I know he, I think he had maybe six turnovers in that game. 
So he's going to look to bounce back tonight, Jack. And uh, that's a guy, when you turn on the tape, one of the most used players when you look at Ken Palm uh, and those stats and those numbers. Vanderbilt uses him a ton on just about almost every possession. They do some stuff off the ball, on the ball. Uh, they'll run a lot of stagger screen action for him. He'll come off stagger screens, get a dribble handoff, and go straight in and straight to the basket. Uh, looks to get downhill. Takes a lot of threes. Really good at getting to the free throw line. This entire Vanderbilt team. I think they. They're, let me pull up the stat. I had it. I know they're shooting over seventy percent as a team from the free throw line. Uh, but on the year, I'm trying to look at the exact number if I can find it. Okay, two hundred and seventeen of two ninety nine. Gets to the free throw line a lot. They are 47th in free throws made in the country. So this that's how they like to, to get a lot of their points. They, they get to the, the line, they shoot the three, and uh, this can't be a game where Kentucky puts Vandy at the line 25-plus times and lets Vandy make eight or nine threes, or it could be a dogfight. We were both on the uh, pregame kind of Zoom meeting with, with Jerry Stackhouse, uh, and he t- kind of put a very clear point of emphasis on Oscar Sheboy. I think it's pretty clear that uh, Vandy is not that impressive down low. They're, uh, you know, kind of they, – they do some good things, but really not a, a force on, on the glass. I think they're 175th in the country in, in rebounds per game, and that's compared to number one in the country for, for Kentucky. Oscar Sheboy is the number one rebounder in, in college basketball. Sheboy is a very clear point of emphasis in this game. I think they kind of realize, you know, they, they were saying all the right things. I think we're up for the challenge. We like what we have down low too. But it, I think it was pretty clear that one of the very first things when they were talking about, you know, how, how do you slow down this Kentucky team as a team that likes to get up and down and transition? Uh, they, they make a lot of shots from three, those, those type of things. Uh, what is your plan to stop them? And, and the very very first thing Jerry Stackhouse said and the player that they brought out as well, they both said, we got to stop Oscar Sheboy. We got to get physical with him. We got to uh, initiate the contact first and, and kind of uh, be, be the aggressor out of the two. You can't let him attack you or else he's going to impose his will as he has uh, just time and time again. So very clear uh, top of the scouting report Oscar Sheboy is for uh, Jerry Stackhouse in the Commodores. Yeah, and rightfully so, right? That's that's where it starts. If, if you can take that element out of the game for Kentucky, then it changes things. Uh, obviously, they don't get as many second-chance opportunities. They don't get that physical presence. And with, with Vandy, it's going to come down to Quentin Malora Brown. They're they're big, mm-hmm. and if and he's their, he's their defensive presence. He's their phys- physicality inside. If he gets in foul trouble, I know he was on that loss to South Carolina, it changes the way that Vandy has to play. So that, that's a matchup to watch tonight. And more than likely, one of those guys are going to get foul trouble, right? Either him or, or Sheboy. And, and whichever one is, the other team has an advantage. Uh, th- this is a game, though, that I hope that we're watching tonight. And I hope there's some flow to it. I don't want this to be a high free throw attempt between these two teams because if it is, Vandy's going to have a chance to win this ballgame. Because uh, I was talking to you about Scotty Pippen Jr., but just overall as a team, uh, when you go to their down the chart, Jordan Wright, 42 of 49 at the free throw line this year for 85.7 percent. They're just they have guys that hit free throws that you just cannot foul. Who is the, is there anybody on this roster? Because you look at the the stats and they're they're very top heavy. Scottie Pippen, 18.3 points per game. Jordan Wright, like you said, 12.7 points per game. But there's a pretty clear drop off from there. And yeah, they they. 
it's kind of a, a an attack by committee type deal because then you go down the list, 8.6 points per game, 6.5 points per game, 6.1, 5.1, 5.1, 4.2, 3.2, I mean, should you keep going down 2, uh, 2.8, 2.0? I mean, that's, that's almost the entire roster that you're at least getting some type of contribution. But it, it seems very top-heavy. Uh, is there any – you know, any kind of secret sauce that they have down uh, toward the bottom of the rotation, something that has stuck out to you in, in the scouting report? Because it really seems like if you can limit the limit the free throws, as you said, dominate them in the paint and limit Scottie Pippen whatsoever, you have their number. Yeah, if they shoot it well from three, that's another thing that they do. They have had eight games this season where they've hit uh, more than ten threes. So, sorry. Sorry eight plus in 10 games and then 10 plus six times. So like they have had games where they've shot the ball very well. And, and that's where Miles Studi comes into play, averaging 8.6 per game. But when you do his breakdown, he is 24 of 68 from the three-point line, their best three-point shooter statistically, 41.2%. But get this, Jack, 68 of his 87 shot attempts this year have been from three-point range. So that's a guy that's going to be floating around the perimeter that you have to stay attached to and you, you just cannot give him good looks. Uh, going to the to, to Trey Thomas, another guy that they, – they have eight guys that average 18 or more minutes too, so they have some depth there. Uh, they've played a lot of guys this year. Thomas is, to me, a three-point specialist that his percentage doesn't show it, but his shot attempts do. Shot just under 40% last year. He's at 28.6 on the season. In his career now, dating over the last two years – 161 of his 218 shot attempts have been from the three-point line. So they have guys that just spot up and shoot the basketball. They let Scottie Pippen Jr. do his thing. To me, it's a game where you let Pippen get his average. If you let him get 18 to 21, you're still going to win the basketball game pretty comfortably, in my opinion. But if you let one of these other guys get loose on you and go for 18 to 20, that's where you have a problem. You bring up Miles Studi. I think that's a, a pretty intriguing matchup, actually, at that four because he is kind of that stretch, uh, six seven, two hundred ten pounds. I think that matchup with Keon is a pretty clear, uh, or Jacob Toppin, whoever. I think it's kind of been a uh, whoever is kind of playing, riding the hot hand from the start, right? I think that's kind of what Cal has been been doing. Whether he they asked him if he's going to do that, and and he was like, well, it's not just been about the hot hand; it's about who's giving you a uh, fight on the glass, who's uh, you know, playing with aggression, who's doing, giving you kind of those other things. But I think it's pretty clear that uh, Kentucky's been riding with one or the other. Uh, what do you see that matchup being for Miles at that small ball four, that, that stretch four role? Do you think it's going to be Keon tonight, or do you think Jacob's going to be the uh, kind of uh, perimeter defender to kind of stop that, that stretch part of the stretch four? I, I think Toppin's going to be the guy that's guarding Scottie Pippen Jr., a lot tonight, honestly. That that's if Xavier Wheeler does not play. If Wheeler plays, I think Wheeler takes Pippen. If Wheeler doesn't play, I think Pippen will be guarded by Toppin a lot because Toppin's their to me their best defender uh, across the board. So then there comes a Keon Brooks Jr. Or if Xavier's playing, Wheeler takes Pippen, and then Keon or Toppin will take will take Studi. Uh, this is a Vandy team, though, that they force a lot of turnovers. They're 23rd in the country in forced turnovers, fourth in the SEC, uh, turn you over 16.9 times per game. Uh, they're also 28th in the country in turnover margin, 42nd in scoring defense, only giving up 62.4 points per game. Uh, this is a game where Kentucky has to be efficient on offense, and, and I, I think that Vandy probably hasn't seen 
the type of team that Kentucky is, that Kentucky's been efficient scoring, I mean, in the 90s, what, four times in the last six games? Yeah. I, I just don't think Vandy's seen anything like that. They did beat a good BYU team out there in the Diamond Head Classic a few weeks ago. I watched that entire game film today. This is a team that if Scotty Pippen Jr. gets going, he's not as efficient this year as he has been in the past. But if he gets going, he lets Studi knock in some threes. Uh, you get Jordan Wright going, and, and they shoot the ball well, and they turn you over. That's their recipe for winning and getting to the free throw line. Kentucky just has to take care of the ball, knock down open shots, and then stay attached on the perimeter. And just, just let Scotty Pippen do his thing. He, he does so much that he's going to make mistakes. 46 turnovers to 39 assists on the year. Wow. Jordan Wright, 34 turnovers to 21 assists. Their backcourt will turn it over as well. Yeah, you bring up a great point as well because talking to both Jerry Stackhouse and uh, I, I think it was Jordan Wright they brought out as the other player but uh, they both talked about the, the emphasis on transition offense and defense they said that the pace that Kentucky plays with and, and the amount of points I think Kentucky has scored 90 points in five games this year the, the last time a Kentucky team has done that was the 2018 or the 2017-18 team they had six six games of 90 plus points that entire season so this this team is scoring a ton of points and doing so so they're, they're thriving in transition, and that's something that, that Vandy has kind of put a point of emphasis on, saying we cannot allow them to get out in, in, on fast breaks and score easy transition opportunities. You need to kind of stall them out, limit that pace, force them into their, their half court, and see if you can force them to make mistakes. And I think that they, on the other end, they want to force those turnovers like you were talking about. They want to get out and transition on their own. So I, they want to be able to dictate the pace of this game. I think they realize that if – if Kentucky controls the pace and they get out in transition and they kind of um, get out with a full full steam a full steam ahead, I, I don't think that they're confident in their chances in Nashville. I think that they they want to muck this thing up as much as possible. Absolutely, and and if they do, and Kentucky allows that, then they're in a dogfight on the road. And and you know, Kellen Grady talked yesterday that they want to get a road win. They, they want to win a game away from home, and this is another opportunity. It's not an opponent that's ranked in the top 25. It's, it's not going to be a win that kind of goes on the, on the bottom line at ESPN, but it would build some confidence going into a tough stretch of play here for this team if they can get a win away from Lexington and, and play well in the process. Uh, I know we didn't really dive into an episode post-Georgia. We did the, the initial recap and made it short, but I went back and watched the game. And you know that I've talked for the last – what, 10 days about wanting to get some questions answered about this Kentucky team. What did they do late in clock? Uh, two minutes to play down to who are you going to? I think we got our answer versus Georgia in a 15 point win. Even if Xavier Wheeler's healthy, I think that late in games, the way Ty Ty Washington played in uh, ball screen action on Saturday, he played with the pace. Uh, he attacked the, the hedge defender. He attacked the big, if the big backed off, he pulled up for 15 feet. he give a little hesitation move and get to the rim. He dropped those pocket passes uh, to Oscar Shibway. I could see Kentucky going to some ball screen action late in games with Tata Washington. That kind of be the closing thing. And I, I still want to see Tata Washington with the ball in that Spain action with Kellen Grady sitting those back screens for Shibway and uh, getting some open threes. And Kentucky's had success in the last two years against Jerry Stackhouse Mandy teams running Spain. It was with Emmanuel Quickly, Nick Richards, and that group a couple of years ago. Uh, did some did some of the same things last year. I could see Kentucky going to that late in this game if it's a close game, and maybe that's something to watch for.
Where does Davion Mintz fit into this? Because he did have so much success. Uh, I know all the attention has been on Xavier Wheeler and his availability, Ty Ty Washington emerging, emerging as, a, as a true point guard option. But Davion Mintz scores 19 points. He finally gets his confidence rolling. Uh, you talked to Jay Lucas yesterday, and he said um, that, that with Davion Mintz emerging the way he has – he said the exact quote, it's huge. It just adds another dimension for us. It gives us another scorer. I was happy for him last game to finally have that breakthrough for himself because he's one of those guys that shows up every day, works hard, and doesn't go through the motions. Everything he does is full speed, so I was happy for him to do that, and he kept going. Um, he's a guy that can come off the bench for us, and he's capable of getting 15 points. It just gives us more confidence in our scoring and ability to hit certain numbers. And I think that is telling. And that's a question that I, I think a lot of people have been having. Uh, I, I, people have been DMing me about that and asking on, on, you know, in my mentions, asking about why are we not seeing more, uh, you know, four guard sets or, or at least maximizing that th the three guard lineup as much as possible. I know that was something that, that Cal's kind of changed up at halftime against Georgia, and that's kind of where things clicked. You, you clearly see that this team is capable of scoring in bunches. The numbers are, I mean, we're already kind of pushing that historic high with, with Kentucky in terms of pace and, and uh, kind of matching that 2016-17 team of always kind of wanting to push and get, get as many points up on as, as possible. Why do you think that we're not seeing more win healthy a Xavier Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington, Davion Mintz, and Kellen Grady lineup with Oscar uh, manning the middle in that four-out offense. I think that's something that Cal stressed and said, this is something I'd like to do. And I know you want to give Keon opportunities, and I know that you, you know he's been there three years. You want to, to incorporate him because he does have a role in this team. But, man, I just keep looking at the pace and the, the numbers that they're hitting. And I just think if, if this team's scoring 90-plus points a, a game the way that they have been, I think they've scored 80 points in 10 of their first 14 games, which I think only that 2016-17 team has hit uh, during the Calipari era. You're doing so much on that front why do you why don't you think they just go all in with it and say you know what screw it let's let's make this an offense oriented team and, and kind of roll out that true four four guard lineup that I know Kentucky fans would love to see oh I think a lot of it's because they're having success with what they're doing right now take out LSU and they're scoring over 90 plus playing Keon and, and topping at the four but I think Davion if he plays as well as he did Saturday and he continues to strong play, then it maybe forces your hand to at least look at it yeah. a couple of times when Savier's healthy. And I think that will be something to watch uh, over the next three to four games. The, the next four are tough. Like tonight, I mean, Vegas opened at, what, a six-point line for Kentucky? I yes. think at one point I saw it go to seven in favor of UK. So they're expecting a tight game late. Uh, I, I don't really know. I don't know how I would lean and predict this one tonight. I, I think Kentucky will win somewhere in that ballpark of 10 to 12 because I do think that it, it will be a tight game. It, it stretches, and depending on if Savir Wheeler plays as well because I think he helps Kentucky defensively. Uh, but I, I think you're spot on with it. I would like to see that lineup one time just to see what it does with the Savir, Ty Ty, Kellen, Davion, and Oscar, especially the way Oscar rebounds the basketball. And if Kentucky can defend, then I think that they could buy some minutes there and, and really just – Go ahead and go all in with this and out outscore the opponent. Yeah, and I think it, it'd be different if Keon was giving you more at the four on the glass or 
uh, you had a Jacob Toppin that was giving you more than three and a half rebounds a game, something like that. If if you had Oscar averaging his 15 and then you had Keon averaging seven or eight as opposed to the four and a half or five that he's averaging now, I think that's when you're like, well, he we're still finding success there and, and uh, you, you know he's capable of, of grabbing a rebound and kind of pushing out and transition himself. He's kind of one of those versatile, versatile uh, positionless guys that Cal talks about. And I, I do see the value there, but man, I just, if you can get Davion cooking the way he has, and if, if he could build on this and it just not be, this game cannot be an outlier for him. If he can, and he, he's not going to hit seven of 10 shots every time he plays, but if he can stay in that 45, 50, 55% range shooting from the field, uh, I mean, I just think there's so much value in having him in and keeping him in at that 25 ish minutes per game mark because. I think if if you have him rolling with Savir healthy and kind of serving as your ultimate playmaker, as you have uh, Davion on one side, Kellen on the other, and then Ty Ty in the corner, however you want to do it, wherever you want to line everybody up, with Savir kind of playing, uh, you know, hot potato, whoever wants it can get it. I mean, I I just think there's so many possibilities with that offense and how. Uh, how open things would be in the floor spacing and the pace and getting out in transition. I think there's so many positives that come with it. Uh, and defense hasn't been phenomenal as is. So if you're already kind of struggling with your, with your you know, kind of stretch four in, why would you not just say, eh, screw it, let's just go all in with it? That's just kind of my thinking. I think we'll, we'll learn a little bit more when Xavier gets back and if, if Davion can, can continue to do that. But that's just kind of been something I've been thinking about. And, and you mentioned Mintz. And the confidence that he has coming off that game against Georgia, well, he, he should be confident against Vandy, too. He actually won the game for them last year at Rupp Arena off that hammer action mm-hmm. late in the game uh, and hit that corner three right there in front of the U.K. bench. So I think you got a confident Davion Mintz. Uh, I know he said it the other day that, you know, it, it couldn't rain for much longer. The sun had to eventually come out. Well, it, it finally did come out. And uh, that, that's a big thing for this team. I, I think we got some things answered in that Georgia game. you got – you now know that Ty Ty Washington can run the one, and you're going to have to do that at different points, whether Xavier Wheeler's healthy or not, or just late in game, if that's where they find they're most efficient, is in those possessions where he gets a gets a ball screen and comes off some of that action. Uh, Kentucky, I'd, I'd expect Kentucky and John Calipari and his coaching staff to take advantage of that. And if they see that they're really good at it and having success, uh, I, I expect them to stick with it. Well, let's. Uh, we've been talking, you know, kind of X's and O's and games for the majority of this. And I, we asked some questions. We asked four questions on Twitter uh, that we can wrap this up with, you know, five, ten minutes of that. Uh, and then we'll get out of here because I know uh, clock is ticking. You guys got to listen to this before the game starts. So uh, we'll, we'll try to rush and get out of here. But I did ask questions. We got a lot of, of good ones. So let's run through some of them. On that note, a little bit different, but but kind of on the same page of what we were just talking about. Matt Bristow asks, Cal likes Toppin and Brooks, but realizes now, I hope, that neither can play the three spot. So instead of using Lance slash Damian when Oscar goes out, why not go small with those two as the bigs with the three guards, keeping the best seven on the floor and not dipping into the eighth and ninth man? Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Sean? Because I do think that is a, a pretty solid point. Cal did emphasize uh, after this last game that he does like those two playing together, but just hasn't liked the you know what they brought defensively and, and thought that they would uh, give a little bit more effort on on both ends last game and, and that's why he took them both out uh, to or one of them out and, and put in Davion as that replacement but I do see that there's some value there in them playing the four and five and going complete small ball 
I, I do too. And, and, and possibly, uh, I think that's something depending on how Kentucky's defending and can they rebound with that lineup and things like that. I, I do think that it would be more effective if they did try that than at the three, four with Oscar or Lance at the five. It just clogs things up too much. And, and the thing that you get when Toppin and, and Keon are on the floor together, if it's three, four, I see some confusion. I saw it in the LSU game. I saw it at times against Georgia when they tried that lineup. It's like one gets used to they're, they're, they're mostly running the four spot. And then I think that they go and they get in a situation where like, okay, where am I supposed to go here? Uh, they, they just haven't done it enough with them in the three, four, but, but Keon adds more of a skill set to do the three. If you have to do it, in my opinion, uh, especially with that mid range jumper and things that he does. But I, I would much rather see them go four or five or just one of them at a time. Uh, Sean Sutton on that note asks, how flat out angry should the fan base be if we see a lineup that requires either Brooks or Toppin at the three during during any real minutes? Sean, I am all aboard the do whatever it takes to not do go with a three three big lineup. We saw exactly what happened uh, against Georgia, a team that Kentucky is clearly capable of beating by 30-plus points. The reason why it was only 15-point win outside of Savir being, being out, but that's one thing, but Ty Ty did more than enough to make up for that. Uh, was the absolute nonsense that we saw to start the game with with the three big lineup and and trying to whatever the hell was going on there I just I just could not disagree with that anymore so uh, I I would be flat out angry if we saw any more of that um, what are your thoughts be angry if Sabir's healthy if, if Sabir's not healthy and they have on a, maybe just in a pinch for a couple of minutes to to give someone to give one of those guards a picker if there's foul trouble then I'm okay with it. Uh, as long as it's, it's kind of forced their hand to do it. Like Davion Mintz played 30 minutes the other day. I thought Washington played close to 40. Uh, Kellen Gregg played close to 40. Like th- those guys do need a break here and there. Uh, but at the same time, if if they can get away without having to do it, if Savier's healthy, then absolutely you have to uh, you have to keep those two off the floor together. Uh, keep rolling on through. I guess we, we're, we're, we've touched on it several times. We might as well actually address what's going on. Mike Brumfield asks, is Wheeler playing? Uh, Brian Cunningham, status for Wheeler. Um, Jay Stubbs, is Wheeler playing? I think that's all of the Wheeler questions. Um, so Kentucky. Jack, is Wheeler playing? <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about it. So Cal said – uh, was it after the game? I believe after the game against Georgia, uh, they asked if he what give us an update on what his status is, and he said if he practices Monday, then he will play against Vandy at Vandy. If he does not practice, he will not play. I have not heard uh, whether he did practice or not, but I will say that you that Chet White, our good buddy at UK Athletics, released a picture of uh, the team practicing down in, in Nashville, or I guess they just wrapped up a practice, and Savir is there alongside sitting next to Shaden Sharp, actually, in uniform, which is interesting. Um, but Savir is in, in uniform. He looked like he just practiced. I mean, he's wearing uh, – his sneakers are laced up, and he's wearing the practice uniform. So I, I'm no, you know, conspiracy theorist, but I'm, I'm just – kind of playing playing the odds here, it looks like he did practice. So um, I'm kind of thinking that we might get him. I will say that um, Jay Lucas did kind of address the possibility of seeing a long-term 
uh, I guess, I guess short-term option if Savir's out, kind of talking about what Ty Ty brings to the table should Savir miss extended time. So that was before practice started, and, and uh, you know, that could have been just playing the hypotheticals of what Ty Ty can bring um, at the point guard position. So I'm not 100% certain that, that Savir is playing, but he is in Nashville. He is in his practice uniform with the rest of the team in their practice uniforms as well. So putting two and two together, Sean, I would not be surprised if we see Kentucky's starting point guard back tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just now seeing that photo that you're talking about too. Chet just tweeted it with the gang's all here photo, and he does have his shoes on, laced up. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we have jackets on too, but <laughs> if he practice, <laughs> if he did practice, then I, d- I definitely think that we'll we'll see him. I'm, I'm going to try to get there early enough. I know the doors open 90 minutes before tip off to media. So I'm going to try to get in there as soon as possible and, and see if he takes the floor. That will be the one that tells it, right? Like he was not on the floor Saturday for warmups before Georgia. So if he's out there early, uh, then that's a good sign. Yeah, and let's keep – This is this will also remind me too. So I was uh, – one of the first road games I ever covered was the Jared Vanderbilt watch back yeah. in uh, <laughs> 2017-18. And it became uh, a thing where, you know, is Vanderbilt going to play? And I remember being at Vandy. And uh, I was told if he has his earrings in, he's not going to play. And here I am with the camera up in the crow's nest, zooming in. And, and sure enough, he had his earrings in. But in South Carolina, he didn't have them in. So uh, <laughs> maybe if Savir has earrings in, he won't play. I don't know. <laughs> oh goodness, it never it it never gets never gets old. Um, Tyler Burns asks, Will Shaden Sharp be in uniform tonight on the bench? Well, he's in uniform right now. Uh, practicing with the team. So my guess is that he is 100%. There's nothing stopping him from being on the bench with a, with the practice uniform and practicing with the team. He is eligible now. He could, if, uh, if Kentucky goes up by 100 tonight and Cal's like, screw it, why, why not let him get a couple runs up and down the floor? He, he's legally allowed to. He is eligible to go out there and play today. So uh, I don't expect it. Cal has said time and time again he is not ready. He's not even close to being uh, in sh- game shape yet, those those type of things. So I would not anticipate it, but it does look pretty good seeing him. It, he uh, warmed up before the game uh, against Georgia, and he was wearing orange orange warm up shorts and in a black t shirt. Everybody was like, "Can this kid not just get uh, get some UK gear? Can can Cal not get some UK UK gear for him?" And uh, it's it, it's clear that Cal found him some UK gear. He is he is officially uh, suited up in in at least a practice uniform. I, I'd assume that he'll be in a, in a game uniform as well. But um, good to see him finally in UK blue, Sean. Yeah, he, he finally has some UK gear on. He actually has the UK shoes on uh, as well in that photo that Chet posted. So uh, it'll be good to see him out there. Ho- hopefully he is dressed. We, do we even know what jersey number he is? Not yet. I th- I'm hoping that the, that's your job tonight. You're there. you gotta you got to get there <laughs> early. I know you're going to be up in the crow's nest. So you you're going to be – our sources say feet on the ground, uh, figuring out what's the deal with Shaden Sharp. Is he going to be in uniform? What n- what number is he? Uh, you're going to have to get there and, and post a six minute highlight video of Shaden running up and down the baseline and, and going corner to corner, jacking up threes like I did uh, before the Georgia game and feeling ridiculous that I was pointing a camera uh, for six six minutes long for a kid that's not even going to play that night. Uh, you you have to do the exact same thing tonight. Yeah, he's still not even on the TV chart 
in the game notes. Like he doesn't even have his little uh, profile <laughs> when we when I read the game notes that Kentucky sends out. So like it's it's still an unknown. Like what is his jersey number? Whenever he does get a jersey, like so hopefully I can break that news tonight that Shaden Sharp is wearing a certain jersey number. I, I don't know any any guesses on what it will be. Whenever uh, he does get it. I think the only available single-digit number would be five, but that was Terrence Clark's number, and we know uh, that was something that was kind of a, a highly discussed topic this offseason. Uh, C.J. Frederick was thinking about wearing it, but switched to number one. Uh, and then uh, Damian Collins was going to wear that number and then change it to number four. So uh, I think the only available single-digit number is is – five so i don't know would it be 13 i think is that the is that the next available you have the next one davion at 10 dante at 11 uh 12 key on 13 is the next available number unless he wanted to be what do is there a 15 i don't think there's a 15 either if you wanted to old demarcus cousins number i don't know we we're this is just ridiculous talking about uh i'm gonna guess i'm gonna guess uh I'm going to guess 21. I'm just going to throw a, just a random guess out there. Oh, I'll just say 21. Replacing old Cam Fletcher's number. I, I like it. I, I think that's a – or like a – yeah, like a 22 or yeah, – <laughs> Listen I, to what whatever, we're doing right whatever. now. Whatever. Good grief. Sources say and we're breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> Sources say we're going through – and we might never know until the man takes his warm-up off. We have no idea. <laughs> if he even takes it off. You're going to get down there, record the whole pregame warm-ups and, and all that, and he's just going to wear his warm-ups the whole time and then go directly to the bench gonna, and never take it off, and you're never going to know. I'm going to I'm gonna give the analysis, the hard-hitting analysis of his, his top. His warm-up top is tight, and I can see the outline of a one <laughs> and a two underneath his jersey. And Is it 21? Like, Is it 22? I, I don't know, but. Like, I'll do my best. Uh, That's now my goal tonight is to find out, even if the man's in a jersey. Okay, yeah. Let that, like, walk by and spill something on him. Just so. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's keep moving forward. Pels, our guy Pels asks is this hitting and it's oh, a pills. and it's a prize picks uh, selection which we uh, will have a note from our friends at prize picks at the end of the show as always we love our friends at prize picks they are the absolute best but they submitted a uh, little four four pick power play as we all know and love with uh, with our friends at prize picks he goes jordan wright over 11 and a half points scotty pippen under 17 and a half points ty ty washington over four and a half assists, and Jaden Shackelford uh, over one and a half free throws for Alabama tonight. They're playing Auburn um, at nine o'clock. So, Sean, I'm putting you on the spot. Over is that is that a four pick power play hitting? Uh, read read those to me again. Jordan Wright over eleven and a half points. Scottie Pippen under seventeen and a half points. Ty Ty over four and a half assists. And Jaden Shackelford over one and a half free throws. Uh, hmm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Pippen doesn't hit. Well, it's an all or nothing unless there is a you can do 
a three pick. So you, the way Prize Picks works, and that's why it's so so amazing. If you pick three, you could say I I project three of these four to hit, and you'll still get a a portion of the money, not as much money, but you still get a portion of that money. So uh, you you can go three of the four if you expect three of the four to hit. So I think I am going to say. I'm going to say that it hits. I think that it's going to hit the only one that I really don't know. I'm assuming Jaden Shackelford can hit two free throws in a game. I mean, uh, I, <laughs> what's you, the average, though? That's not uh, very many. Yeah, one and a half free throws made is the over-under. you got to think that he's going to go to the line at least once, and it's not just going to be an and one. It's, what's what's going to be really disappointing is if it's an and one, and that's the only free throw that he gets. Uh, but I expect all the others to hit. So, uh, Pels, we're going all in on it. It is going to hit. Let's keep – uh, rolling through. Um, oh, this is a good one. Dylan Dean asks, everything regresses to the mean, and I didn't expect Grady to stay making threes at 65%, but what does Grady need to do to get out of this little three-point shooting slump? I would also say this pertains to Allen as well. So what, it, what does uh, Kellen have to do to get back to his uh, unbelievable shooting numbers that he was hitting uh, leading up to the LSU game? Just keep shooting. Like that, that's all he has to do is just keep shooting. You, you saw that at LSU. Uh, started off cold the first half. He comes out and he hits four right in the first few minutes of the second half. But with Kelvin Grady, it's, it's just to keep doing what he does, just keep going to work every single day, keep shooting the basketball, and uh, he'll be fine. All right, let's wrap. And with Allen, Go for I, don't, it, yeah. I don't know with Dante. And with, with Dante, I just I don't know. Like I, I just think that right now that's a – it's hard to build confidence when you don't get opportunities to build it in games. And, and I don't know, like he, he's not shot the ball well this year, which kind of takes him out of the equation. If he's not hitting threes and not giving you anything there, then you really can't play him. Yeah. That, and I will note, I think we touched on it briefly after, uh, after the game during our Georgia post game, it was pretty telling that Cal was asked about, you know, what, what about, um, you know, the end of the bench guys and then kind of incorporating them. And he said that he wished that he got Bryce Hopkins and Damian Collins a little bit more playing time. He was like, I didn't even get to play Damian at all. Bryce got very limited minutes. Um, I, I really would like to play those guys a little bit more moving forward. I wish I'd gotten those two in and didn't even acknowledge Dante in that scenario, which is pretty telling that he's not even in, in consideration for the end of that rotation, which is, uh, not good. It's it's just not good. It's not. It's not good at all. Yeah, let's uh, go for as it. As long as as long as this team wins, it's all that matters, right? Yeah, and like, I think that's what the the frustration was last year. We're talking about Dante, and it's like it, UK couldn't get anything to fall. They couldn't get any semblance of success, consistent success, shooting the ball. And uh, there were so many struggles. It was like there, there's no excuse not to at least give it a chance. You've, ex you've exhausted all of your other options. Why would you not exhaust that one? And then that's why when he came in and, uh, you know, kind of had that pressure on his shoulders, he, he thrived and did really well. And that's why there was such an emphasis on, on that. Now that Kentucky's winning games and they're scoring a bunch of points and that's not really – the issue for this team right now, uh, it really doesn't make sense to kind of throw throw him into the equation because um, things are working just fine as is. So uh, we'll, we'll leave that one at that. Uh, let's get it out of here with this. Uh, in Schultz 25, how many rebounds will Oscar get? Uh, I'm going to say he gets to 
I'll say he gets 20. You think so? I'm going to go with 20 rebound night. And the reason so is I said earlier today that I think he'll have a big game again. If, if he stays out of foul trouble and he plays 34, 35 minutes, uh, he, he has a chance to, to get another big night. I, I'm going to go 20. At this point, do you expect him? You, I expect him to get 20 every game, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's as crazy as it sounds, and, and especially given the strug- the rebounding struggles that Vandy does have and the kind of very clear advantage they have down low uh, on that front, I, I really don't know why you would expect anything less. I mean, he's he's the way he's able to do that, and, and it, it almost always seems to be – it's like he's capable of doing that every single game. It's just is it foul trouble? Is Kentucky winning by so many 30-plus points that they take him out too soon? It's like – there's always one of those other variables that limit the inevitable. If he played his consistent number of minutes, it's it's almost a guarantee that he's going to hit that number. So uh, I think that's well, kind of the funny side of it is it's not necessarily even a, a skill thing. It's more so just an availability thing. If he's out there, he's going to hit it or at least come close to it, as we saw 38 minutes or whatever he had against Georgia, and he has 29 points and 17 rebounds. So he, he's clearly capable. Well, and maybe it's just gas in my stomach. I don't know. But right now, it's I'm going to say Kentucky wins this game by about – I'm going to say they win it by 12. But I'm going to say Oscar Sheboy has a first-half double-double. Interesting. But I'm just going to say 12. I, I think that this team uh, still building some confidence on the road away from home. I expect Scotty Pippen Jr. to play well. I think Vandy is going to – probably play one of their better games of the season because it's Kentucky. They're going to get Vandy's best shot. Uh, it's a nine and five Vandy team. It's already beaten Arkansas on the road. I, I think that they're going to give Kentucky the, the best punch that they had, but Kentucky's going to win it by about 12 points. Give me a, a, an official score prediction for that 12 points. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to say they're not going to score as many points as they have. I'm going to say somewhere in the ballpark of 81 to 69. 80, 80 points is still hitting that that other threshold of the uh, scoring at least 80 points in 10 of 14 games. I'd give, give 11 of 15. That's one heck of a start. That's matching uh, that 2016-17 team with De'Aaron Fox and Bam Adebayo. So uh, I, I'm all the way and, for it. And like I said, maybe the whole Oscar Sheboy first half double-double, maybe it's just gas from the, the launch I had. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, it's, I think that's a great pick. I, you know what? I'm going to go Kentucky wins – 85, I'm, I'm saying Davion Mintz is going to be the MVP. I think he's going to keep riding this hot Ooh. hand. I'm going 85-70 Kentucky wins in Nashville to give Kentucky its first true road game victory of the season. Now, now I do say – I will say this. If, if Kentucky – if this is a game where Kentucky only has like eight to ten turnovers, then I think Kentucky could win this game by 16 to 20. Yeah. But if they get into that higher number of turnovers and it's in the 14 to 16 range, then I think that's where it comes in at single digits. If, if Kentucky can value possessions, if Bandy doesn't hit 10 plus threes, uh, then I think Kentucky could – you could see this game probably get to 16 to 20, honestly. But I'm going to call it somewhere in that 12-point range. Well – We'll see how it goes tonight. Kentucky will take on Vandy at 7 p.m. on ESPN. 
Um, let's uh, get out of here with our friends at Prize Picks. The NBA season is well underway, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. As we talked about earlier, you simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four or five predictions correct. You can have picks across sports as well. The NFL playoffs are finally here, so you can add in some of those players to your picks with their over-under projected rushing, receiving, and passing yards. Download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using promo code PILGRIM, that's P-I-L-G-R-I-M, to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and promo code PILGRIM to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky Stars to the next level. Sean, let's get out of here. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You can find me on Twitter as well at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for the Jam Pack Source to Say podcast. We will see you next.